having us. We thank you for carrying us. We thank you for the last year. We anticipate greatness in the next year. And we thank you for your sameness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for just being who you are, for loving us, for keeping us, for preparing us. And we just stay holding up where we need to be held. When we didn't understand it all, God, you were there. And so we bless you, we bless you, and we thank you in the wonderful name of your son, Jesus. Now, Lord, as we open your word in continuing praise, we invite you to move through us, to speak to us, as we make a commitment to respond to what you say. Use the sinful man to declare a holy word. May you speak not only through me, but God, speak to me. Have your way and bless your people in Jesus' name. And may the people of God say, Amen, Amen, and Amen, Amen. I pray that you are ready to hear a word from the Lord this morning. Let me ask you, anybody, anybody here says, I, I want to be blessed. Amen. If you want to, if you want to be blessed, and you're you're worshiping with us online. Just type in the word blessed. If you're here, just to say, just say blessed, blessed, amen, blessed, 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 blessed. Let me ask another question. Is there anybody who has some stuff before God that you're waiting for him to respond to? Amen. People say hallelujah. Somebody else said yes. If that's you out there and you're worshiping us, just type in the words, me, me, amen. I got some stuff. <laughs> I got some stuff that I, I before the Lord that I'm waiting for him to respond to. You know what? As we look at today, we call it back to the future. It's our series. And today's message is what's your name? And so while you're waiting to be blessed, while, while you have stuff before God, maybe, just maybe God is waiting and wanting you and me to revisit some stuff before we can move forward. And I'll let that sink in for a second. Just maybe God is wanting, waiting and wanting for us to revisit some stuff before we can move forward. Maybe, and this is why we call it this, maybe God wants us to come back to some things in order to go into our future. In Genesis chapter 32, we see the struggle of a brother named Jacob. Now let, let me review, because now I realize not everyone grew up in Sunday school or grew up in church. So let me review for, for some and introduce to others just who Jacob was and, and what his challenges were as we see him struggling because he's getting ready to go back and, and visit with his brother Esau. Jacob was a twin, and Esau was his twin, his older twin brother. Esau was born first, and 
by the time we get to the story when Jacob is on his way back, he's very apprehensive. In fact, he's not only apprehensive, he is scared. And rightfully so. See, some of you who, who um, are nodding your head here, does anybody know why? Let's just make this sort of a dialogue today. Um, and if you, if you have any idea why, just go ahead and put it in the comments section. Uh, why would Jacob be really terrified about going back to see his twin brother? I mean, come on, twins are, are close, right? They've come from the same womb within minutes or, well, within a reasonable time frame apart. But they've been strange, and now he has to go back. Talk to me. Anybody? Anybody know why? Yes. Oh, because he had, because Jacob had tricked Esau out of his birthright. I'm looking in the comments to see if anybody else put anything. Well, let me let me review, introduce you, and review some things. First of all, Jacob's very name, Sister Joyce is right. Um, his very name means deceiver. His name means deceiver. Not only that, but, but, but Jacob and Esau had come from a dysfunctional family. Can anybody relate to that one? <laughs> they come from a, a dysfunctional family. You see, Esau, as I mentioned, was the firstborn of the twins, but uh, 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 firstborn of the two. But Esau was daddy's favorite, his father Jacob. Now, Jacob was... His mama's favorite. His mama's name was Rebecca. And, 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 and it was no secret of their favoritism. They preferred one over the other. How many of you parents know that if you have favorites within your children, you are stirring up a problem? Amen? And, and so, so, so there they are. And when, when they were younger, Jacob had taken advantage of Esau's um, carelessness, his hunger as he came in from, from hunting. He was sort of the man's man, and he was so hungry that he that Esau allowed Jacob to con him out of his birthright. Now, his birthright was, was an inheritance. It was the inheritance and the authoritative position of the firstborn. Not only that, but Jacob had participated, talking about dysfunction, watch this. Jacob had participated in a scheme with his mother to deceive Isaac the father and steal Esau's blessing. Now, let me see. Tyler Perry couldn't write better stuff than this. Think about it. Your brother has stolen from you that which was a provision for you, your family, your family's family, and was going to be blessings from generations to come, and he steals that from you. Oh, wait a minute, wait, wait. And did I say that his mama helped him steal it? Wait, what did you say? She, she, she devised the scheme. You're absolutely right. The mama devised the whole scheme. Tell about dysfunction. Now, somebody talk to me. How are you feeling right now if you Esau? Your brother and your mama got together and stole what was rightfully yours. 
Ain't anybody? Anybody? How you feeling? Betrayed? Angry? Hurt? Put it, put it, put it in the chat. What, what you feeling right now if you, you're Esau? I, I want to know. Revenge? Come on, y'all talk to me. Let's, let's be real with this. What, what, what did you say? Well, oh, about to turn up. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Right there. Somebody says, Laquita says, outraged. Amen. Fit to be tied. Well, you know what? Because I, I, I know you deep people. Y'all, y'all probably saying the deep folk. We going to pray for him. <laughs> ain't no deep people here because y'all, y'all can't see. And probably not many out there, but they, they're laughing. We ain't that deep. Huh? You, 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 so I said, not yet. You got to love them. Don't you hate when you're going through something and somebody come to you with this kind of advice? Oh, just pray for them. Come on. Oh, you got to love them. Well, let them steal your stuff. Right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Here, here's my favorite. I mean, it's a wonderful verse. And don't get me wrong, I love, I love the word of God. But sometimes when I'm in situations like this and somebody says, well, we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. I, I, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. None, none of y'all go through that. Well, let's look. Esau's response was he said he he told us what his response was in Genesis twenty-seven forty-one. You don't have to go there. I'm, I'm just going to write. He says, "For in that time, Esau hated Jacob." He says because their father had given Jacob the blessing, and Esau began the scheme. That's what he said. You know what? I will soon be mourning my father's death. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. You ain't got to guess how he's feeling, huh? He says, you know, I'm tolerate this a little long. Daddy gonna die pretty soon, but you, 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 I got you. I'm gonna kill this dude right here. And the scheming mama, I told y'all Todd Perry couldn't write nothing better than this. The scheming mama packs up Jacob and sends him away because she knows his brother about to kill him. Sends him away to go live with her brother. Y'all stay with me now. So Jacob goes and he, he leaves, but then he's the you know he's a deceiver. He's a player. He's he, he playing the game, but the, the player gets played. And, and one of the things that happens to him, he goes, stays with his, with his uncle, but he, he gets there and he, he sees this fine woman named Rebecca and he says, you know what, dude, gotta have that. I, I'll work for you for seven years if you, if I, if I can marry her. Her father says, sure, no problem. He works off seven years, it's time to come to get married, they throw the wedding feast, and he goes to consummate the marriage and he didn't see that Rebecca had a sister and the sister wasn't as fine as he thought Rebecca was and he gets ready to consummate the marriage and pulls off the veil and finds, for a lack of a better term, they call it the ugly sister, the less desirable one. How you feeling now? The player got played. Then he works for him seven more years so that he can get the right sister. He gets Rebecca finally. 
But the player is still getting played because now that he's working, he has two wives and they're having children. But God is blessing Jacob despite Jacob and everything he touches seems to be doing well. And then his father-in-law gets mad because he sees the blessings are going to Jacob. And then um, Jacob finally gets tired of all of this. And in the middle of all of this, this is what God says to him. God says, the Lord says to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and grandfather." And your relatives there. Now, who's the relative? That's where he came from. His mom, she, she's probably dead by now. But, but who's the relative that he got to go back and see? His brother. Oh, boy. And God says to him, it's time for you to go back home. So I see what's happening to you. It's time for you to go back home. And I will be with you. I'm sure. Jacob's response was, ah, did you say go back? Many times, God is calling us to go back to uncomfortable times and situations in order to experience the healing that is needed to move forward. And the only promise he gives is, I will be with you. Wow. God didn't tell him to go back. I'll be with you. Your brother's going to accept you. God didn't give him any of those details. Everything's going to be all right. All he says is time for you to go back. We're going to revisit this and I will be with you. Maybe that's your situation. We've had the wonderful experience here of going through a, um, a series. A book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And it is the book, it is the the course that many of us have come to love to hate. If that makes any sense. You know why? Because it caused us to face ourselves. It caused us to go back. It caused us to dig deep within ourselves and to experience God on a whole new level without the promise that everything's getting ready to be all right. It's going to be all right because God is always all right. But in the middle of it being all right is that it may be very painful. Well, let's take a look at what that was like for Esau. Come with me to Genesis chapter 32. I'm sorry, with Jacob. What that looks like with Jacob. Now he's preparing for the journey. He's going back. By the time we get to chapter 32, Genesis 32, verse 22. It reads like this. It says, That night, Jacob got up, took his two wives, remember he got two, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he sent them across to the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him. Till daybreak. Oh, watch this. Watch this, y'all. Y'all come with me. Come with me. God's going to bless us. God's got something for us. Jacob sent everything in his preparation to go visit his brother. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. He had a whole plan. He devised this thing. Everybody's gone. And the word of God says that he was alone. Mm. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. 
part of the process often when God is taking us back to prepare us for where we're going is that we find ourselves alone. This is the journey that no one else can go for you. This is what happens when, when, when everything is shut down at nighttime and your brain is still working. This is the, 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 the alone time that in the middle of situations, in the middle of betrayal, in the middle of frustration, and there's no one else to talk to and but you. And now you are feeling what you feel and it all begins to come up and you begin to wrestle within yourself. And sometimes we wrestle with God. How did I get here? Yeah, you ever been there? God, what are you doing? For real, God? I didn't see this one coming, God. What's your purpose in all of this, God? God, I don't like it here, God. I never thought, never thought these people or that person would do that to me. I never thought I would be in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I the only person up in his house and the only person watching online that can relate? If you can relate, just as I can. Amen. First thing we know is that he's alone because it's a journey that no one else can take with you. Notice Jacob has said, everybody ahead, all the distractions were removed. Mm. I'm going to say this. Say this. And not many people may say this. I believe that for many of us, what COVID did and for us as a church... What COVID did and the, um, as it created this pandemic and things began to shut down, it removed a lot of the distractions and left what was important. We had to learn that God can be worshipped right where we were. We had to, to, to give up some of the rituals of our, our, our churchiness. Hello, somebody. And, and, and find out that, 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 um, God is still good. We, some of us, God set us down and said, you've been too busy with everything but me. Mm. Can anybody relate? And some of us have come through that process and now, now as we begin to reopen and here we're, we're opening, this is our first day back as worshiper, but I want to, I want to warn you that things will not be as they were and that you ought to give consideration to what God has taught you during the pandemic and not get too busy. So keep Him as the center. So here he was alone. He sent everyone ahead and verse 24 says, and that Jacob was alone. And he wrestled, I'm sorry, left alone, and a man wrestled with him to until daybreak. Here's another thing I noticed in this whole situation. Not only was Jacob was alone, but he had reached a point in his struggle that he was determined to receive what God had for him. Hmm. Where are you? He was alone but yet determined to experience what God had for him. So he wrestled with the man. The man was an angel. And it says that he wrestled with him till daybreak. He was singing Lionel Richie all night long. I'm not going to let you go. Then the man said, the angel said, let me go. 
And Jacob expresses his determination and his lonely and his being alone. I'm not sure if he was lonely, but he was definitely alone. And in that wrestling with the angel, the angel says, let me go. And, and Jacob says, no, I will not let you go until you bless me. He was determined. He was focused, although alone. And God is beginning to prepare some of us to go back into situations to experience the healing. Where I challenge you to have a mindset that says, God, I want what you want for me and nothing else will set or will satisfy. I won't settle for anything less. I will Stay in this way. I will stay struggling. I will stay before you until I sense that you have blessed me. Mm. Alone, but determined. The man says, "I let me go. Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And here's something that's going to blow our mind. Check out verse 25. This is the angel. The man is an angel. It says, and when the man saw that he could not overpower him, meaning that Jacob wouldn't quit, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that it was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Wait a minute. Check this out. You got this? Because this is going to blow somebody's theology here, somebody's view of God. Jacob was broken by God. Woo-hoo. That one set in. You see, because our, our, our theology says God only does what what is good, but our, the thing is, we've got to define, we've got to redefine what is good. Who defines what is good? Do I define what is good? Does society define what is good? No, God defines what is good for you, and what's good for you may not be good for me. And in all of us, when we come to to to, to um, worship God, when we come to be with Him, and in our lonely, our struggle of aloneness, and when God is preparing us to go broken by God. Mm. It's a new concept for some of us. Again, I keep referring to the emotionally healthy spirituality because it was such a life-changing experience for us, for those of us who were there. We all know the story about the horse. The man fell off the horse and broke his leg and it was a bad thing. As well says, how do you know it's a bad thing? Was it bad or was it good? In the end, that, that, that injury keeps him from having to go, go to war. So was it a bad thing or was it a good thing? It says that the angel, Jacob, was determined to be blessed by God, but the angel what, dislocated his hip. And he still didn't let go. Still determined. So what am I saying? What am I saying as we go back to, back to the future? As we keep going, one is sometimes it's your journey to healing may be one of solitude, of alone. No one else can experience it for you. You know, the old folks call it a personal relationship, tailor made for you. Secondly, I want to encourage you to be determined. To get what God has for you. Verse 25. He was broken by God. And here's the crux of the matter. The last thing. Is that he was honest. With himself. 
Jacob was honest with himself and with God. What do you mean? And this is why I call it, what's your name? Verse 27 says, now here they are, they're struggling. The man says, let me go. Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And the man asked him, what's your name? What's your name? Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. wait. To, to me, this is so, so, I mean, who does that? In the middle of a struggle. Ask him, what's his name? Jacob's asking for a blessing, and the angel's asking Jacob, what's your name? For real? You the angel, don't you know? Watch this. In the process of going back, we're being set up for the blessing, but the angel says, what's your name? And Jacob answers, my name is Jacob. Wait a minute. What's so significant about that? What does Jacob mean? Deceiver. Watch this. God is preparing Jacob to go back so they can go to his future. But the first thing that Jacob, one of the things that Jacob has to do is recognize who he truly is. He acknowledges his hurt. He says, my name is Deceiver. That's who I am. He's broken. And oftentimes it is not until we're broken that we are able to admit just who we are and see ourselves as God sees us. My name is Deceiver. He didn't say my name is the God with great wealth because by this time Jacob had accumulated lots of wealth. He's left his father-in-law, took his wife, children, and on his way to see his brother. He didn't say, I'm the guy who worked for seven years for one wife, worked seven more for another wife. He did not say that I'm the guy who's abundantly blessed. He did not say that I'm the guy that people have taken advantage of. He didn't go into this self-pity thing, nor did he go into a thing of, 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 of his wealth defining him. He was not defined simply by the things that he had. But he answered the question when the angel says, who are you? I am the deceiver. The trickster. On the outside, Jacob appeared great. What's your name? What's your name? I asked how many of us want to be blessed. We got people who typed in blessed. Amen. Folks said blessed. Me. Whatever the cue was. But how many of us are willing to admit who we are? So that we can experience the fullness. You see, here's a great thing. God already knew who Jacob was. In fact, God told Rachel who Jacob was before he was even born. God knew who you were before you were even born. And yet, Though he was the deceiver, God was working behind the scenes and positioning him into the position that he needed to be to experience the blessing of what God had for him. This is the same Jacob that becomes the father of the 12 tribes. God had already said, God had already said to, to Rebecca that the younger or the older will serve the younger. Because Jacob gets real with himself 
with the angel or with God. The angel said, this is a great thing, this is a great thing. In verse 28 he says, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. <laughs> I hear Paul saying, therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Behold, old things are passed away. All things are become new. Hello, somebody. In order to walk with Christ, we've got to admit who we are. We've got to recognize that we are sinners that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. we got to stop shaking and faking it, trying to fake it till we make it. And God says, you can't make it with this being this fake stuff because I am the God who made you and I deal in authenticity. I accept you as you are and who you are and I can work with who you are because who you are is not who you will remain as you walk with me. Hello, somebody. The angel says, thy name shall um, be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men. The angels basically said, that's who you, that's who you were. That's who you are, but that's, that's who you were, but that's not who you shall be. He calls him Israel. You came to this thing as one person, but you'll leave as another, walking in the destiny. God's looking for us to acknowledge who we are. God's looking for us to acknowledge our shortcomings. God is looking for us to acknowledge our weaknesses. God is looking for us to acknowledge our sin. God, so that why? So that we can walk in the transformative power into our declared destinies that God has for us. And God wants us to experience the healing from our broken past. But in order to experience that healing, in order to move forward from that healing, we got to admit that we're broken. He said, man, this ain't no New Year's message. Oh, yeah, it is. Trust me. Because we're talking about walking in newness. We're talking about coming back to the place. We've come back to Zion Temple uh, um, to worship. But we've come back not to remain the same as we were when we left here. We had come back to be what we were in the pre-pandemic thing. And God is challenging you don't come to, to come back to where to worship, but come back into my presence that you might experience what I have for you in the future, that you might experience my love for you, that you might know what it is like when I pick someone up, when I provide healing, when I walk with you in your mess. I Keep saying God wants our mess to become our message. Hello, somebody. And the thing is, with the church folk, we don't want to admit our mess, and so we, we pretend. We stand up and we testify, been saved all day, yet have not sinned. Or we testify, been saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, water baptized, and I'm running for my life, and all that. Hey, blah, 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 ha, and all of that, but yet we are not real with somebody. I, I thought, no, man, let me tell you how. how. This is what we, I was driving the other day and I was thinking about someone. I'm trying to think how I can share this without sharing too much. Okay. I'm going to leave that alone. But, 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 um, because you'll be able to identify the character, so I'm going to leave it alone. 
Um, but, but, but here's what we do. We, we don't come in to be real with folk. And because we're not real with folk, people don't experience God's healing. And guess what? Not only do people not experience God's healing, but we don't experience the freedom of knowing who we are and experience God's freedom of complete healing. We don't want to tell people what we've been through. Uh-uh. Why? Because we stigmatize stuff. I, I, I got one for you here. Help me, Lord. We we live in a society in which a, 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 a brother can't come in and say, "I I I have funded." An abortion. I've been part of that. Without the stigma of, of him being able to say, I, I did that. Or, or, or the young woman to say, I, 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 I've had an abortion. Because we place them in this thing and society has it all over the news and the media and we make them bad people and but we don't want to talk about what God says and how God heals that person who's funded the abortion who's the young woman who's had the abortion and that God is able to heal people because why they are, they are able to walk deeply with somebody else who can tell them what they felt and what it was like but no I can't share my, my shame with somebody else because I'm afraid of the stigma that comes along with my shame. But God says, hey, there is now, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And what the millennials want from us, churches, to share our shame so they can see the power of God, that we're only where we are because of the power of God. And there's some of us that God is saying, what's your name? I'm a liar. I'm the cheater. I'm the deceiver. I'm the one who, I'm the one who messed up. I'm the divorcee. I'm the poor father. I'm the poor leader. And God says, share all of that with me because that's not who you will stay. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Lord. What's your name? What's your name? That's my question. God's calling you to go back to some stuff that he wants to repair. That he wants to give complete healing. It may be lonely, but I challenge you to be determined and answer the question when God says, what's your name? And today he's saying, that, what's your name? What's your struggle? What's your failure? You don't see the angel condemning Joseph, um, condemning Jacob for where he's been. Condemning Jacob for who he is. He simply says, yes, but you're Israel. You're the guy who struggles with God. What's your name? You see, there's no relationship without answering the first question of what's my name? My name is Sinner. And let me let me ask you this. Is there anybody in here or online and you can say, 
I've never done anything wrong. I've always obeyed God. Then you testify to what the Bible says. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What's your name? My name is Sinner. Every AANACA group recognizes that in order to move forward, you got to realize who you are. So if you ever go to one of those meetings, an AA meeting, the person will stand up and say, Hi, I'm Vince, and I'm an alcoholic. So anybody will say, Hi, I'm whatever your name is, and I'm a sinner. never trusted Jesus Christ before. Here's the answer. Jesus says, or the word of God says, Paul wrote. Sure, sin leads to destruction and separation. Says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That was your name, but today your name can become saint. Child of God. word of God says behold for we are sons of God John wrote that he's given us the right to be called the sons of God because we trust him you ready for a name change ready to go from sinner child of God that's you you're here just raise your hand if you're listening just just write child of God and we'll reach out to you in fact just write child don't even write all those words just write child Father we bless you and we thank you we ask that you would move by your spirit to those who will say child of God to those who are looking for a name change that you would give us wisdom the word of God to help them apply it to their lives that they may experience the name change that you give (laughs) to have their names written in the book of life through your blood that was shed for us and maybe you're here or listening and you, you know, I know the Lord. I know the Lord. I, I know him. But I'm in that season. I, I, I want you. Trust God. Trust God for the healing. As he takes me back, I need to visit some things. And I, I'm, I'm nervous about visiting them. Because I don't know how to do it. I don't know what the reaction may be of some folk I've hurt. Or I don't know what the reaction will be of people who have hurt me that I need to address. And God is leading you that way. And right now you're in the struggle alone. Your name is broken. Your name is just pain. 
And if that's you, if you're here, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you out there as well. But if you're here, raise your hand. If you're online, just type in the words, help. Help, I see your hand. Help, I see your hand. And God, there are those who are here and those who are online who will type in help. As you take them on a journey that they can only go alone, but never just alone, but alone with you. God, give them confidence in your ability. God, give them the determination to not quit. That we might hear the testimony of their new names. God, that they may write, tell us what you've done. That we might engage in, in relationship with those who are here and see what you've done. Or what you're doing. May we be encouragers along the way. It was a long journey for Jacob to Esau. But you were there. And so, God, we thank you. Cause us to see ourselves as who we are and then to confess it to you. We thank you for your love, your grace that accepts us right where we are. But loves us too much to leave us there. As you have plans for us to be fulfilled in you. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now I want to invite you to give God, listen, an anticipatory praise. What do you mean? Because right now, you might be in pain. Right now, you might not see it. Right now, there's apprehension about going forward. But remember when God told Jacob it was time to leave, he says, but I'll be with you. So I want to want to join you. I want you to join me in giving God praise for his faithfulness. Giving God praise because we believe he's going to take us to where we need to be. Because we believe we will walk healed. We will end up healed through this process and used by God. Would you do that with me if you're if you're there? We're just going to give God a hand clap of praise and thanksgiving and anticipatory, anticipatory praise. Even if you're watching online, wherever you are, just put your hands together and begin to tell God, I thank you for what I'm going to be. I thank you for where I'm going. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, although I cannot understand that you are still God. Although I cannot see, I trust you, God. I bless your name, for you are worthy to be praised. And I thank you. God is good. And we will continue this series next week. Back to the future. May God bless you and, and keep you. Also next Monday we will begin a time of consecration and fasting. 
as we begin our annual time of, of prayer and fasting together as a body. We will have daily devotionals available to you as they will be electronically sent. And if you would like to participate and would like to get one of the electronic um, devotionals sent electronically, would you just send an email that said that says, what, what are we going to say? I want one. Send an email to ztccpower at gmail.com. That's ztccpower for Zion Community Church. ztccpower at gmail.com. And so we'll begin our fast on Monday. For those of you who do a, a vegetarian fast of fruit and vegetables, no sugar and all that, buy your groceries and things this week as you prepare for next week. A time of fasting and praying. Amen. Again, thank you. Thank you all for coming to worship. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, our audiovisual department. Thank you for our musicians. Stay safe. Omicron is no joke. It has been closer to us than ever before. But let's stay safe. Let's be wise. Mask up. Keep your hands clean. How do you mouth? Those type of things. And be vigilant. And I'm going to say this. Get vaccinated. Amen. I believe that the reason it isn't as bad as it could be is because of the levels of vaccinations and boosters that are happening, that have happened. So God, we pray for those who are suffering right now or who have been infected by this variant. God, we pray that you would sustain life and God, some may be experiencing guilt from not being vaccinated, but God, your word says there's now, therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask that you might remove the guilt, acknowledge it, but move on. And then, God, allow us who are vaccinated not to be condescending to those who have made a choice not to. May we love them into vaccinating and so we bless you and we thank you. Provide every need. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a great week. I look forward to seeing you next week. And don't forget, you can, if you're coming to worship with us next week, there will be a link. Let us know that you're coming so that we can have the proper seating for you. And just you'll, you'll see it out there on our Facebook page. Bless you, bless you, bless you. All righty, Ben, you want to take us out? Or, yeah, two-man band today. Amen.